Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I can't hear you at all. Is it me or you are just being quiet today? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. John chapter number 4. Verse 23 and 24. Bless your name. your name. But the hour is coming. And now is. Somebody say now is. Oh, say it like you mean it. Now is. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. The tower is coming that they that will worship the Father will worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This evening for a very short time I want to preach on the beautiful extravagant worshiper. The beautiful worshiper. Wow. The beautiful worshiper. Somebody say the beautiful worshiper. Oh, say it like you mean it, the beautiful worshiper. God is looking for beautiful worshipers. Hallelujah. If there is a beautiful worshiper, it means there is also an ugly worshiper. Hello? If there is a beautiful worshiper, it stands to reason that there is a worshiper who is not so beautiful. I'm not talking about physical beauty. I'm not talking about beautiful in the sense that you are a beautiful person, person worshipping God. I'm talking about the art of worshipping God. It's being beautiful. Amen. Psalm number 29 verse 1 through 3 Bible says Give unto the Lord O you mighty ones Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. And God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. Amen. If you look at the Old Testament and you look at the instruction God gave to Moses in creating the temple... God instructed Moses how to build the tabernacle. There was first place the outer court. And from the outer court, you had to proceed to the inner court. And from the inner court, you proceed to the holy place. And from the holy place, you proceed into the holy of holies. There was a protocol that anybody that wanted to move from the outer court into the Holy of Holies had to go through. You don't just walk through anyhow. Am I making sense? You don't just barge in. When you go from the outer court into the inner court, you are supposed to do uh, wash your hands. There is something that you do. You go to the brazen altar, you wash your hands, you wipe your hands, the, the, the oil, and then you move into the inner court. Then from the inner court to the holy place is also another procedure. Then from the inner from the inner uh, holy 
place into the Holy of Holies, only one person could go in at a time. And that person, the high priest, will have to go through a lot of process, a lot of uh, rituals before they could go in. Amen. They had to wash themselves, put on holy garments in order to function in the Holy of Holies. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that that protocol hasn't changed. Am I making sense? That protocol hasn't changed. With the uh, introduction of the Holy Spirit, dividing the curtain that goes between the holy place to the Holy of Holies, we all have um, the we all have the right to go into God's presence where the mercy of God is. But it doesn't mean that you can go disorderly. Hello? It doesn't mean that you can go anyhow. The order has not changed per se. Amen. There are appropriate processes into intimacy with God. It begins with the outer court and proceeds to the holy place before you go into the holy of holies. You don't just go. Amen. In the same way, if you are going to worship, I'll, I'll give you just five processes, five very simple processes that we need to go through. Today, my, my aim is to teach you how to worship God beautifully. Wow. Is that okay? Yes. I want to teach you how to worship God beautifully. Now, to worship God, you can't just switch on and switch off like that. You don't just worship God by singing a song. Can I say that again? You don't just sing a song of worship and it means you are worshiping God. No. Like I said, it's a, 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 a process, a procedure. The first thing is consistency. The practice of worship must be a consistent, intelligent, intentional thing. Hallelujah. Which means that is something that you must do consistently on a daily basis. Hello? Are you understanding what I'm saying? During the whole week, it's like prayer. You cannot be a, somebody that prays without worship. Am I making sense? See, a lot of people think that to be a worshiper, you have to have a good voice. That's not true. To be a worshiper, you have to have an intention of worship. Hallelujah. The practice of worship starts from the heart. A worshiper is a worshiper in the heart. It's not those who stand here to lead us in worship that are worshippers. Do you understand what I'm saying? A worshiper is somebody who worships from the heart. It's like somebody who prays. The person who stands here to lead us in prayer is not a prayer warrior. A prayer warrior is somebody that prays consistently, intentionally. He labors consistently in prayer. Whether people are there or not, that is his life to start. That is what makes him a prayer warrior. A worshiper is somebody that worships consistently. When uh, David was writing majority of the Psalms, he was in the backside of the desert with the sheep. There was nobody there. He was a worshiper outside church and worshiper in the house of God. Yeah. Uh, am I making sense? Yeah. 
you read some of the, 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 the worship, the, the words he writes, it makes you see the heart of a worshiper, somebody that longs to worship God. The, his, his breath is, is to worship God. And he just does it consistently. I'm not making sense. So you want to be a beautiful worshiper, you start by being consistent at home. In your car, when you are walking by the wayside, in this day and age, it's very easy. You can have a worship song in your, in your ear and worship God in the past or whatever. It has to be something you do consistently all the time. The reason why a lot of people struggle to worship in church is because they are not consistent with it. Hello? It's like you walk from the uh, outside straight into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, and you expect God to come. It doesn't work like that. When God will descend, it will start from your bedroom. Hallelujah. When God will accept our worship, it starts from Monday. You're going to be leading a worship on Sunday, but your worship practice starts on Monday. Through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So by the time you come and stand here, the worship is already flowing. It's like a fountain that is flowing from the rivers of water inside your belly. It's not something you can switch on and switch off. I'm not making sense. The way you look at me, I don't know. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hello? It's not the singer that brings worship. No, 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 no. They just quarreled with the bus driver. And they walk in and they just leave the song. That doesn't bring this worship. But if you are a beautiful worshiper worshiping from God from Monday, it doesn't matter what you are doing. You can still worship and the presence of God will come upon you. Am I making sense? Number two, have an expectation. You know, in, in those days when the um, high priest went into the presence of God, to do atonement for on behalf of the people and on his own behalf. He goes in once, he has a belt, they put a, they tie a, a belt around his waist, a rope around his waist, and he alone walks in, and they have the rope with a lot of bells. And as he's moving from the, uh, the ark to where the mercy seat is, and doing all the incense and everything. As it's moving, the bells is making noise. And the noise tells the people in the holy place that he's still alive. Are you getting what I'm saying? And when he goes there, he brings petitions. And not only does he take petitions to God, he also goes to receive a word from God to the people. Am I making sense? So it, 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 it is something that when you are worshipping God, have an expectation that God will speak to you. If the Bible says that he dwells in the praises of his people, then he cannot come into the place where his people are worshipping and praising him without speaking. Am I making sense? It's like children playing in their bedroom and daddy or mommy comes into the room because they are playing and mommy likes the game they are playing and mommy comes to sit there. Do you think mommy will come and sit there quietly and not say anything? If he comes there, he has a reason for coming. And or if whatever they are doing meets a certain, hits a certain button in him or her, she'll speak and tell them something. 
Amen. So that should be our expectation. Anytime you are going to worship, go for, with an expectation. It's like praying. Anytime you are praying, don't just pray. Pray expecting God to speak. Because prayer is communication with God. Hello? The way you are quiet today, I'm, I don't know when I'm in the right church. It doesn't look like a Wednesday church to me at all. It looks like I am, you are marking me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like I'm pushing the wall. I'm pushing it from here to the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, it says that, Again, I say to you, if two or three shall agree concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. And when he's there in their midst of the two or three, he's not just there as the statue. He has to speak. Am I talking to somebody? So expect. Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Amen. So expect God to speak. When he comes, he has to do what? He has to speak. How can God come and not speak? Hmm? How can he come and not speak? If he comes, he has to speak. So number one is what? Number two? Have an expectation. Number three, be intentional. So the first one is what? Consistent. Number two is what? Number three? Intentional. Worship is an intentional thing. Amen. It's not just a, a, a haphazard thing. It's not a, 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 How many have ever, if you are going into the, the royal, maybe you are going to the uh, palace, they will brief you on the protocols. You understand what I'm saying? When you go. Michael, isn't it true? They give you a list of do's and don'ts. They tell you what you can do and what you cannot do. For instance, you cannot put your hand around the royal, you cannot pat them on the back. It's a message. You cannot shake their hands and you know kick your hand. You can't do, you can't embrace and hug them. It's a message. Are you the good thing? There is a, 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 a very intentional uh, thinking towards your. Oh, Pastor Sam, don't stop, man. Are you the good thing? A lot of us, we don't have any intention when we come to worship. We are here. It's like now worship has become part of the service. So let's get on with it so we can move to the next place. No, 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 no. Worship is very, very deliberate and intentional. The beautiful worshiper is a very a calculated, intentional worshiper. Hallelujah. I'm not making sense. You have to be intentional with it. You don't just, you know, behave anyhow. It's not accidental. It's that we are hoping that maybe by, by grace or by providence, God will appear. So we are singing a song and then we are hoping that, no, 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 be intentional with it. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? You are going to give a, a food to a very important person. You are intentional with the, the thing, presentation. Presentation is very important. Isn't it true? If you don't just pick rice, you dump it, you pick peas, you dump it, you pick, uh, what do you call it, potatoes, you dump it, you pick uh, beans, you put it. No, 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 you don't do that. It has to have a certain artistry. Isn't that true, ladies? Yeah. And sometimes, even the presentation will make the food tasty and nice. That is just the taste. There are certain foods when you put it on a plate or you put it on the table, nobody will touch it. It doesn't matter how tasty it is because it's not presented well. When you go to a, 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 a Michelin restaurant, sometimes the, 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 the chef will just put the, the sauce, use the sauce to draw some, something there. It's just, it's just ketchup. It's just mayonnaise. But he will use it to make something. Because presentation is everything. Yeah. Are you understand what I'm saying? Worship that is real worship. It's very intentional. You have to start thinking about what you are going to do from Monday. From Tuesday, from Wednesday. You don't just, you don't just happen. It's not a happenstance. It's not an accident. You just come. They say, okay, you are leading worship. Hey, uh, okay, I'll come and stand here. Then you have this song. They sing the song. As you are singing the song, you are thinking about the next song. Then you go to the next song. Then you are thinking about the next song. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Then you put it together. It's like uh, somebody has come overnight and you don't have any food. So you go into the kitchen where there's a house cooked rice. So I can put it in the microwave. Then you say, I have some leftover beans. Go and bring it. I have some peas I can defrost and add. No, no, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number. Let me give you a scripture. Hebrews 13. Let me give you a, a scripture here. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, let him, let, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is what? The fruit of our lips. Giving him thanks. Giving thanks to his name. Amen. He says the sacrifice we bring is the fruit of our lips. See, anybody who has ever presented fruit salad will understand that the beauty of the salad is in the presentation. Isn't that true? Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether you remember somebody did a fruit salad and put it here one day. With, and it was beautiful with, with um, different designs and everything. It's just normal fruits. But the way they present it will make you want to taste it. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Be intentional. Number four, be focused. This naturally flows out of a, the previous point, intentional and focused. If you're absent-minded, you can't praise very well. Isn't that true? Yes. I, you see, when you're worshiping God, you must Close your eyes and see God in all his fullness sitting on his throne soaking up your worship. I, I'm not making sense. If you can focus on that, 
Your worship becomes very deliberate and very beautiful. But you are just, the, the drummer is not playing the thing well. So it's like you are distracted. The, the keyboard is not playing it well. And you will never worship well, right? Uh, you get what I'm saying? Cross your mind from everybody. See God. Isaiah said, the day that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his strength filled the temple. The beauty and the radiance of his presence made me see God in another light. Am I making sense? Don't let anybody distract you, especially in worship. Because see, the only thing God cannot do for himself is to worship himself. Everything else God can do for himself. The only thing that he can never do for himself is to worship himself. And that's the one thing that Satan is so envious of. He's envious of us of. Is that a good English? Because that was his job. What makes uh, Lucifer a very special angel to God was his ability to worship God in beauty and in holiness. And it is the same thing that made him become special and beautiful. And it's that thing that destroyed him. Hallelujah. In the same way, if we don't become intentional and focused, we'll be distracted. You saw what Lucifer got distracted about. He saw God's glory. He became jealous. He said, I will ascend unto I will sit on the throne. I will be like the most high. He was distracted. He wasn't focused on the radiance of I'm not making sense. Don't you going to be a beautiful worshiper? It's very intentional. And it's very calculating. It's very something you have to do consistently. Let me give the fifth one. Then I'll move on to something else. Are you learning something? Is your worshiping getting better? Be engaged. Somebody say, I'll be engaged. You shall love the Lord with all your heart. With all your soul and with all your might. Isn't it? If you are going to love God, how, where, what do you do? Your body is engaged. Your feeling is engaged. And your strength is engaged. A lot of us, we don't engage. See, a beautiful worshiper is the worshiper that is straining their voice. Straining their heart. Their, their, their hands, straining their knees, doing everything to show God worship. I don't know whether you've seen uh, a royalty coming into a Deva before. Those of us from Africa, you know, when the, the royal is coming to maybe like a big program, a Deva is coming. There are people that are singing and they'll be dancing and they'll be doing all sorts of some will be doing acrobatics. Have you seen that before? And, and, and 
those people, they do it with strength. Because the beauty of that thing lies in the strength that is presented in doing the thing. Am I making sense? A lot of us don't know how to worship God with our strength. We don't know how to praise God with our strength. It's like, you, you, you cannot live praise and worship you are like a statue. Your body is not engaged and you say you are praising God. Your body is not engaged and you say you are worshiping. It's not true. Our worship is changing. Amen. I say our worship is changing. Amen. We are becoming beautiful worshipers. Hallelujah. So number one is what? Be consistent. You cannot do it one Sunday and then go to sleep the next Sunday. Every Sunday you are going to lead worship. You have to be consistent. Number two. Be expectant. You see, if the right type of worship goes up, the presence of God will descend. And when the presence of God descends, we will know it. Number three. Intentional. Plan everything you are going to do. Nothing should be a mistake or an accident. Number three. Be focused. Number four. Be engaged. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to show you seven ways to express your worship. Seven ways. As we worship, we have to express our worship. Number one, I'm going to give you seven Hebrew words. Barak. Somebody say Barak. Barak means to kneel, to bless God, and to bow down. You cannot come in front of royalty and be standing with a hand in your pocket. It doesn't show reverence. It communicates to God that you are not, he's not important to you. If somebody, you see, in most cultures, when you see uh, an important person, you see an elderly person, you isn't it? Yeah. The 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 Yorubas, not the Yorubas, uh, the Igbos who Igbos who do this. When you go to uh, Zimbabwe, the uh, I don't know, is it the Venice? Is it the Venice? They will lie down and they go like that before they give you anything. Some, some cultures, when you are speaking to an elderly person, you have to kneel. You cannot speak to a person standing with your hand in your pocket. No, 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 you don't do that. Every, every culture and what they do, but kneeling is always a sign of reverence. Isn't that true? In every culture, kneeling means that I have brought myself low. If God is high, then we have to be low. If we are high, that means God is low. So to barak means what? To kneel. To bow down. Bow down and worship him. Worship him. Oh, worship him. That is barak. 
give you a few barracks in the Bible. Psalm 95 verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and barack. Let us bow down and kneel before the Lord our maker. The word to kneel there is barak. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Chapter 6, verse 13. Now Solomon made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court, and he stood on it and knelt Barak on his knees in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, and spread out his way, his hands towards heaven. In 1 Chronicles 29, 20. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless Barak, the Lord your God. All the assembly blessed Barak, the Lord, and the fathers, the God of the fathers, and bowed and did homage in the, to the Lord and to the king. Amen. Kneel. Kneeling is part of worship. It is something that you must do. Amen. The next one is halal. Halal. H-A-L-A-L. Barak is B-A-R-A-K. To clear and to shine, to boast and to show, to raise and to celebrate. To be clamorously foolish. To be, it is to, to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, and my favorite, to be clamorously foolish. That was what David did that Michal got angry. David was halaling before the Lord. <laughs> it is part of worship. Like I said, when if you have ever seen the king coming in the African setting, you see some of these people doing halal. They'll be jumping, some will be somersaulting front, some will be somersaulting back. How many have seen that before? Yeah. In some country, when the pastors come, they do that. It, it, you see, we have become, let us never be so sophisticated that these things that show worship get lost in our churches. Am I making sense? 
so suspected that you don't barak before God. You are too suspected that you don't halal before him. You are about being silly, dancing, raving. Meanwhile, the same person when there's a party and you are playing a song, you, you just go crazy. I remember a few, a couple of Christmases ago, they started playing, what's that boy? The thing goes, crack. Did you see the kids? Hey! Hey! Who are these people when they start watching like this? Hey! That is what is called halal. That's to rave. You behave, you behave foolishly. It looks foolish. It's like it's praises, it's praises. The way you are dancing, a dignified person like you. You are dancing and you are jumping and you are strolling around. It's worship. Oh, I said it's worship. Hey, I am preaching to a very hostile crowd. Psalm 119, 113, verse 1 to 3. Praise, and that's halal, ye the Lord. Praise, halal, all ye servants of the Lord. Praise, halal, the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forever. From the rising of the sun, the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 150 verse 1. Halal the Lord. Halal God in his sanctuary. That means that when you come to the sanctuary of the Lord, God expects you to do what? Halal. That's foolishly in the presence of the Lord. Don't be too dignified. That is not worship. The person that needs dignity, uh, dignity is God himself, not you. But if we are dignified, it means that God is the one who has to halal before us. Because we have two gods in the same place. I'm not making sense. One has to be God, and the others will have to be worshippers of God. And so the Bible is saying that when you come to the sanctuary, is this the sanctuary of the Lord? And when you come to the sanctuary of the Lord, allow God in the sanctuary. You have come to Him. He didn't come to you. And what He expects is the one thing that He can do for Himself. That is halal. God cannot halal for Himself. No angel can halal like we can halal. The people outside, have you seen football, football supporters? You see the owner of the company, the owner of a multi-million dollar CEO, whatever, when uh, Manchester scores, they jump and they hack anybody it could be a homeless person next to them. What do they do? If you don't like people having you, don't go to the stadium. Isn't that true? When you go to the stadium and they score, it doesn't matter. You can be the Miss World. Expect a stranger to come and hug you. God is a 
quarter of the, of the stadium. You understand what I'm saying? If you go to the stadium, expect at this point a stranger coming to hug you. Isn't that true? In the same way, the Bible is saying that when you come to the sanctuary of God, he expects halal. Are you with me? Yeah. He expects a foolish behavior. A behavior without dignity. When you come to the presence of God, leave your dignity at home. The reason why Mikhail got cursed was that she could not differentiate between him being, she being royalty and being the presence of God. Who is the supreme royalty? So she thought that I am royalty. When I come to the presence of God, I have to let people know that I am royalty. How 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 ordinary was the king to be? Halaling and jumping and prancing around, displaying with the common people as if you are one of the common fellows. And that was one thing God hated about Mikhail. So God shut the womb. Wow, because, why? Because she could not allow. Hello? Are you, are you being blessed? Psalm 149 verse 3. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises with timbrels and harps. Is that in your Bible? Is it in your Bible? Yeah. Is dancing in your Bible? Yes. Oh, I, I don't know whether you saw it. Let's read it together. Ready, go. Oh, sing, uh, say it again. Ready, go. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to his name with that timbrel and harp. Hallelujah. Amen. In First Chronicles, it's, it's, a, it's a Wednesday service, isn't it? Yeah. So we are being taught, aren't we? Yes. It's a teaching service, so I have to teach you so you, you know it. Amen. First Chronicles. Are you there? 16 verse 4. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke the, his blessings, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord and the Lord, the God of Israel. Hallelujah. You see the word halal appears 110 times in the Old Testament. And that should show you the importance of Raging foolishly before God is to him. So anytime you've never danced in church, you are not a worshiper. I didn't say it, it's in the Bible. When you come to the sanctuary of the Lord, what thing must you do? Shine, boast, rave, celebrate, clamorously foolish before the Lord. When you come to the presence of the, the house of God, those who dance and the people who are unemployed, those who don't have wives and husbands. 
Isn't that true? Yeah. The Abongo people. They are the ones, but all the dignified people will not come to the front to dance. And we feel that that that's dignified. No, that's a curse. Amen. Number three, Shabbat. Somebody say Shabbat. Shabbat means to shout aloudly or command. It means to address God with a shout. So when somebody says, give the Lord a shout, what we are doing is Shabbat. Amen. Its focus is to worship the Lord with one's whole being. As you are shouting, everything inside of you is shouting. Isn't that true? How many know that in the stadium, nobody tells you anything, but when a goal is called, you must shout back. Those, those who stay near the stadium, they never go to watch football. But they know when the home team has scored. Isn't that true? When you are driving past Ellen Road and Lee scores, you hear, go! And it sounds like it's a unison, it's like a thunder. Go! And you know that Lee has scored. When you hear a muted go in the corner section, you know that <laughs> they have just scored them. So the number of go you hear. Yeah, you can tell the scores. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know much. I don't know much about stadium in this part of the world. But where I used, where I came from, I used to go to the stadium a lot. Those who live by the stadium, they never go to the stadium. But they can tell you who is winning and who is. But when they hear a certain type of goal, and they hear some 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 songs coming, they know that. Yeah. <laughs> when they, they score them to you hear, you hear, ooh. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the same way, we come to the house of God. God has never lost any fight. He has never lost any match. He has never lost any, any contest. He is the king of kings. So when we say give the Lord a shout, we have to shout that we are winners. Shabbat is part of our worship. Let's not be stiff in the presence of God. Let's not be all together put in the presence of God. Yeah, we know you are a big person. We know you are old. This is not where you show your age. This is not where you show your importance. This is not where you show your, your, your wedding ring. We, nobody's interested. In the stadium, nobody cares how much money you have in your pocket. When you are a supporter of Manchester and Manchester scores, you shout. You join everybody to shout. Because that's the essence of being a spectator. And the supporter. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
If you cannot shout, then what is the use of you being here? Can you imagine the supporters of uh, Leeds who come and they are playing man, man, their rival uh, rival is, is, is uh, Manchester United. Manchester United comes to town and Leeds scores one goal and nobody shouting. Maybe they are, so the players will get confused. It's like the, the, the supporters uh, Leeds has just scored Manchester 3 0. The third goal just went in and nobody shouted. Yes, the supporters will get confused. The players will get confused. What's going on? <laughs> Even when you're losing the shout. I used to play football for a team. We never won. <laughs> and our supporters used to sing a song. I wish I could interpret it. It's in, the, it's in the Greek. It says, Awa Owa, Jewa is a And they make a lot of noise. It doesn't matter the scores or the or the no scores, it doesn't bother us. We are still celebrating. That is and that was our 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 supporters. Every time they sing the song from beginning to end. That is the song of Manchester United now, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's my team I used to play for. We never won one game. We never won one. Coast football. We never won one game. Every time they're beating us. But our supporters will always come to the park and they always see. They know we are going to lose. They are coming. And before they start the game, they start singing the song. 90th minute, they are still singing the same song. By that time, we are down 4 nil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number. So, Psalm 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout, shabbat to the Lord with the voice of what? Psalm 145, verse 1. One generation shall praise, shabbat thy works to another and declare thy mighty acts. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 6. Cry aloud, shabbat for joy, all inhabitants of Zion. For great is your midst, great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. If the Holy One of Israel is in our midst and is great, then obviously we have to Shabbat. Maybe the reason why we don't Shabbat is because we don't know that the Great One of Zion is in their midst. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Number four. Tehira. T H T E H I L L A H. Tehira means to sing praises. Sing it out of the spirit spontaneously. That's making up a song unrehearsed and planned to praise the Lord. How blessed the Lord, oh God. How 
make my boast in him. Ialalama sunduria mea, manderia malala manderia mea, ikatoria lora sunderia manderia baya. Oh, I bless the Lord. I give him all the glory. There is none like our God. None shall ever be compared to him. Oh, neria nunaria nunaria baya. It is an unrehearsed song that is being sung to the Lord. That's called Tehillah. It's derived from the word, it comes from the word halal. You are singing aloud in a song that is not a song. But it's a song that is made in one spirit. Am I making sense? It involves music. It involves hymns of the spirit. It comes from the depth of your soul. It includes adding words to existing songs or even singing a song from the spirit. Psalm 22 verse 3. But you are holy, O you who dwell in the holy place. Where the praises that the healer of Israel are offered. Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 33, verse 1 says, I rejoice in the Lord. Oh, ye rejoice. Oh, ye righteous. For praise the healer is comely for the upright. Rejoice because praise from the upright is beautiful. The healer from the upright is beautiful. Hallelujah. Learn to sing a song to the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Let his praises fill his temple. For he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Bow down before him. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Let his praises fill his temple. For he is the King of kings and the Lord of all. Before him, sing him glory to God. The next one is Yada. Someone say Yada. Y A D A H. Yada means extending the hand vigorously as in complete surrender. Extending, physically extending your hand to praise, raising your hands, spreading your hands in thanksgiving. In First Chronicles 16, 34, it says that, Oh, give thanks, that's Yada, to the Lord for his good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Remember, uh, in Second Chronicles 20, 21, I just read it earlier on, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the 
army singing to the Lord and praising him in his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, all you faith. The Lord, his faithful love endures forever. These guys were walking, spreading their arms and singing to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot worship without your hands. Isn't it true? Even in a stadium, when they are singing, they don't put their hands by their side. Isn't that true? So the first one we have learned is what? Barak means what? To kneel and to bow down. Number two. Halal means what? To do what? To dance foolishly before the presence of God. Number three. Shabbat means what? Shout aloud in a commanding way. Give the Lord a shout. Number four. Sorry? Tehillah means what? What? Unrehearsed spontaneous song to the Lord. That's singing in the spirit to God. Yeah? There's a scripture in uh, is it Ephesians 5 Look at, look at it for me. Ephesians 5. Sing to the Lord in hymns. Is it Ephesians 5? Eighteen, eighteen downwards. It says that and do not be drunk with wine where it is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Can you see that? Singing and making melody in your heart. Can you see that? That is that's what I mean by that. You are making a new a spiritual song, an unrehearsed song. But see, that, this type of thing, you cannot make it up if it's not something you do all the time. Am I making sense? Hello? Are you with me? It's something that you must learn to do. Otherwise, you will not be able to do it. Okay. Number, number five is what? Yada, which means Extending your hands in worship. Number six. Toda. T-O-W-D-A-H. Toda and Yada are the same. But Yada is extend before you. Toda means lift your hands. So, extending the hands, acting out of thanks for what he has done or will do. 
So Toda is derived from Yada as its roots meaning is extend the hands. In the case of Yada, you, your hand is in front of you. Toda is above your head. So Toda means thank God and adore him. Psalm 50 verse 23 says that but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Amen. So that is a type of worship that includes extending your hands or raising them in thanksgiving. So you see, when you come to church and lift up your hands and worship, you are doing toda. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are going to add this to your worship from today? How many? I want to see it from this Sunday. When you come to church, I want to see Barak. I want to see Shabbat. I want to see Tehillah. I want to see Toda. I want to see Yada. Amen. I want to see, what's the other one? Halal. And Shabbat. Shabbat. Hallelujah. Barak. Praise the Lord. Shabbat. Hallelujah. Barak. Praise the Lord. Tehillah. You do know that song? You don't know. I'll teach you. I'll teach you after, after, after service. All right. The number seven, Zama. Someone says Zama. Oh, say that like you mean Zama. That's Z-A-M-A-R. Zama. It means to touch the strings to make beautiful music with, with instruments, mostly rejoicing. Zama means to pluck the strings of an instrument. To sing, to praise, and a musically musical word which likely involves a joyful expression of music with musical instruments. Amen. Psalm 21, verse 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in thy own strength, so will sing and praise that Zama, thy power. Amen. First Chronicles 16:9. Sing to the Lord. Sing praises, Zama, to him. Speak of his wonders. Psalm 150, verse 3 to 6. Say that praise the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him in timbrels and in dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with the loud symbols, praise him with the clashing symbols, let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Psalm 150 verse 3 to 6. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instrument and flutes. Praise him with the loud symbols Praise him with the clashing symbols. 
Let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Amen. So, if you look at Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with powder, thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise, that's Tehira, and give him thanks with means Yaga, bless his name. So you see, all these seven things can be done in one worship service. Hallelujah. Have you learned something? So let's try a beautiful worship with the with the string and the instruments. Worship. Let us come before to worship his name and worship him. Let us come into his presence. Worship, worship Christ the Lord, worship
Is that true? So that we come to church to bury God. Or you don't like what I'm saying. Because our dance and singing does not match his beauty and his splendor. Stand to your feet.